This is Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International, a non-denominational end times ministry dedicated to fulfilling a divine commission to trumpet forth warnings from God concerning the imminent second coming of Christ and the impending judgment of God upon the ungodly. God has sent Dr. Hansen to many nations of the world with a solemn warning to the political and religious leaders and citizenry to repent of their sinfulness and wickedness or face the catastrophic judgments that will soon be unleashed upon the unbelieving world. Listen now to the warnings of our compassionate and merciful Creator conveyed through His faithful prophetic spokesman, the host of Warning Radio, Dr. Jonathan Hansen. This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen. I'm the president of World Ministries International. I want to welcome you once again to the Warning Radio program. Special guest, Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. Uh, Don, welcome back. Good morning. How are you doing? Well, I'm doing okay. I, I posted this morning my thought of the day, uh, which people can read every day, a thought of the day, on my website, www.worldministries.org, or on my uh, Facebook, World Ministries International with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. That's ministry Facebook. But I posted, most people, even the church, do not fear God. The Bible tells us that the fear of God, the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. Bad theology is one of the reasons for the demise of the America and the nations. The demise of America and the nations. Bad theology. What do you think about that thought of the day, Don? Well, I, I agree with it I, uh, completely. I taught a lot in the last year or two on this whole concept of the fear of the Lord. And there's two kinds of fear in the Bible. Um, the first one is, the first one is called Pachad and that's the trembling fear. And basically it's the fear that is the kind that's manipulated. It creates all these phobias that people have and all that. And that's not, that's not the fear that the Bible tells us that we should have. The fear of the Lord is the word Yira. And it's kind of like, uh, it's just, it's like when you uh, in, uh, inhabit more space than you're used to uh, and you uh, find yourself in a place, so, you know, sometimes we'd call it adrenaline in us, you know, whatever, uh, that people have all these amazing things that happen. Or you stand in the middle of Grand Canyon or you look through a telescope and you see the galaxies. There's this sense of awe that overcomes you that you realize how big God is and how small we are. And I think that to me is the key. The bigger that we think we are, the smaller we make God. But when we realize how, who God is, then we can fear him correctly. And that's, a, that's why I said it's the beginning of wisdom when we have this. And so what I've understood is that Pachad, it, it paralyzes you and causes you to stand still and not move forward into the life that God has for you, what we would call the abundant life where Yira makes you aware of God to receive his invitation to rise and move forward into this incredible, abundant life that we have in Christ. Amen. That Yira is what you and I live for, Don. That's why we are so 
what should I say, uh, determined, aggressive. In fact, I'm preaching a message uh, this very weekend titled Being Sold Out because I want to please God. I want to do everything I can. I, I believe that, you know, each person, individual is going to have to give an account of the deeds done in the body. And so, uh, man, I want to be sold out. I want to fear God in the right sense of the word, because the Bible warns us that that is the beginning of wisdom. Everything Jesus did was in the fear of God, in the right sense of that word. Now, you and I, Don, we talked a little bit, and you are starting a fascinating topic that you're going to be preaching on, and I don't know how many weeks that you're going to share on it, but uh, why don't you give the listeners the, the title of that topic? Uh, sure. The, the title is called Mythiology, and I just took the word, you know, there's a lot of myths. What we, some of people call it, we would call them lies, uh, but a lie, even some of the, the greatest lies have a little piece of truth in them. Yes. So that's why I called them, I called them myths rather than lies, uh, because, and then so, but, but, and it's based off the word my, so it's just my theology, which becomes mythology, which basically at the end of the day, we're all going to be responsible for the theology that we have adopted about God, whether it's what he's revealed about himself or what we've, you know, commingled together and made up ourselves. So I'm going to, you can preach about it for a long, long time because it is, the it, it's like everything about humanity. But I'm only going to do it for seven weeks and take the seven major topics um, that I see that are these seven major myths that have crept into Christianity uh, that really, they, th- they threaten to completely upend Christianity if they're not dealt with correctly. Wow. I, I, want, you, I want you to share a little bit about this. Give, give us uh, uh, today the, the summary or, or the, the, the point that we all must start to understand. Again, you know, if you don't know your enemy, you can't defeat your enemy. And bad theology is an enemy. It's destroying the church. It's the, the demise of the church, as I said on my thought of the day. So, Don, uh, go ahead and share a little bit. Right. The Apostle Paul talked over and over and over about having sound doctrine. And in, and even in, in Galatians, where he, he talked about them being bewitched, he said in there, you know, that there is truth that can be known and it is to be defended and fought for. And so he said, if, you know, he says somebody comes preaching another gospel, be it me or an angel, and they preach a different gospel. He said, let them be eternally cursed. Let them be damned. He basically says, grab them by the seat of the pants and throw them out of the place. Uh, which we don't, you know, we don't think that way anymore. <laughs> so basically the way, the, the way I look at it, there's a few things that I really think are, powerful like the biggest thing is this whole thing about relative truth there's no absolute truth and how it's just it's it's i mean it is infiltrated they say today that 70 percent of christians that come from christians uh churches go to college abandon their faith and i believe that's absolutely true but i i believe that it's worse than that the 30 percent that do maintain something about their faith become so indoctrinated with these seven philosophies that when they come back to their churches, whether it be in business or whatever, they begin to espouse these seven things that have been amalgamated with their theology as if though they're truths and they're complete myths. Like, for instance, 
I was having a conversation one day, the very first time I, I think the first time I ever really became aware of this in a real way, uh, a guy was in a doctoral program from Wheaton Bible College, and a friend of mine introduced me to him, and we were sitting there having a conversation, and he said to me, uh, I, I said, well, you know, what's the basic thing that you guys teach at Wheaton or whatever? And he goes, oh, it's simple. He says, at Wheaton, he said, our overall premise is, is that all truth is God's truth. And I said, well, could you explain that to me a little bit? Because it really caught me off guard, and I, I didn't know what to think about it. So he said, uh, basically, it comes down to if it works, uh, it's truth, and all truth is God's truth. And I sit there for a second. We talked a little bit, and I said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, a, a abortion, robbery, and murder all work. Should we adopt them as God's truth as well? And he got all kind of cranky with me because he could he had no defense for that. And I told him, I said, the concept of all truth being God's truth is the silliest thing I've ever heard. Because you're not you have no objectivity from where you're getting truth from, so you're just making it up. And then you're calling it God's truth. And the Bible tells us that we should not engage in that kind of nonsense. Now, because the end of it, 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 it the end of it will destroy your faith. Yeah, the end of it he is got death. A, he got up and bolted. He didn't want no more of that conversation. So the first series is about that. The set, then that leads to the second one is about the, the it's about redefining morality. Wow. Hey, Don, just hold so, it. I hold it right there a minute. I want to just interject. Yeah. You said so many yeah. good things, but uh, uh, no absolute truth. It's relative truth. I mean, this is what you get in psychology in the universities and humanism. I mean, right. that's exactly what they're teaching, humanizing. There is no relative truth. Everybody's opinion and philosophy is of value. There's no right and wrong. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what's true. And I, one, of, one of my favorite scriptures I'm using in this, I couldn't help myself, though it comes from uh, um, Deuteronomy, I think it is, where Balaam is being paid by Balak to curse Israel. Yes. And he, and, he, and he says there, he, he makes the statement that God's not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. He goes, he said, they're blessed and they will be blessed. He goes, <laughs> I, I, I and so I, I get such a kick out of that, you know, because it's, it's kind of in that same vein, you know. We can just make truth whatever we want it to be. Uh, but even a false prophet being paid to prophesy said, I can't do that, God. God, I open my mouth and blessing comes out because God doesn't lie. That's right. And I, I, got, I just, I just, I think that's hilarious because, uh, and we need to be, we need to find more ways to humor these people to show them how silly they are. Uh, that you know, because they, it's 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 serious. I mean, it, it, today you're you're unenlightened. You're an idiot if you don't believe this stuff. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, as we talked about, you got the you got main uh, people that are very influential on television and uh, in the bookstores that are that are into nonsense, Don. It's just it it's bad theology. Right. Yeah, it is. It's it's uh, and you know the the reality that back to that scripture that says the beginning. It said uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. One translation says the fear of the Lord is the foundation of knowledge. And so when you 
if you build any kind of building or whatever, you know the foundation is the most important part. Yes. And even Jesus said, if you hear these words of mine and put them into practice in, Matthew, in, the, in the Sermon of the Mount, he says, it's like, he said, you're like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And when the storms and the winds come, it won't blow down. He said, but if, you're a, if you hear these words of mine and you don't put them into practice, you're like a man who built his house on the sand. And when the winds and the storms came, it blew it over. And I think he's talking about there, he's not talking about literal houses, but building our life of faith on these things. And so what we have is we have these foundational issues and people that put those into their faith, it will not stand the test that's about to come on the whole world. So much so that Jesus even said that in the last days, his very elect would be, it would be so prevalent that even the elect would be deceived. He had to shorten the time for that. Now, sometimes I don't think we read those and pay attention. We think, well, that's everybody but me. And it's it's going to be it's going to be tough because you just see this whole cancel culture and everything that's going on. Uh, uh, not everybody, but so many people are just so afraid they're going to get canceled and they're going to you know not be able to find a job or whatever. And so they just go along with this nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Jesus said, "Will I find faith? Will I find faith when I return?" Uh, and right. so I'll tell you what: uh, the danger is real. It's prevalent. And it's out there. It's front and center, and it's influencing a lot of people, and it's influencing a lot of the church. Right. Yeah. So it's just uh, you know, it's just uh, it's amazing, you know, when we think about it, how prevalent it is, and it's been it's gone on for so long without really being addressed uh, head on uh, that people, you know, we get people. We, so as you you pastor a church. You literally get people for, you know, 40, 45 minutes a week uh, to teach them the truth. And the rest of the hours of the week, they're getting this stuff from every direction, television, radio, newspapers, books, articles, their friend next door, whatever. And I mean, I think we have to really be intentional to address what's going on or we missed the whole thing. That's how influenced people are by this stuff. No, I, I totally agree. Why don't you get into some of the nuts and bolts of some of this, Don? Well, then the, the, what happens when, every, when there's no absolute truth, then that boils right over into that there's you know, no real morality. And so we become amoral where now anything goes. And so now you see all, there's churches all over that are embracing this. So let, we'll just take... We'll just take uh, the LBGTQ thing. We just had a huge argument here where they have their books have child pornography in them. Uh, it's really weird. If you go to a school board meeting and they're on the radio and you try to read the book, they make you stop because they can't read it on the radio because it's pornography. Wow. They, they won't print the, they can't print the pictures in the paper because it's child pornography. Yes. And so they, they know what it is. But they're, they're, and so, but but then, when you go to combat it, okay, the people want to say, well, we're not talking, we're talking about pornography, we're not talking about pride, and I I get so frustrated because I'm like, the reality is, is you can't cut that baby in half. So you you you're wanting to say, okay, we're gonna this we're gonna say this is immoral, but this over here is okay, 
when you do that, you've already lost the war. Yes. Not only have you lost the battle, you've lost the war. Yes. Because you're you're ceding ground to the enemy. And you're boxing yourself into a tighter and a tighter and a tighter and a tighter box. So like when people ask me about it, well, you know, and I said, look, I'm not here to judge homosexuals, lesbians, whatever. That's not my job. But I'm going to tell you where I'm at. I'm against porneo, sexual sexual, uh, immorality. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to get it all. And I said, I tell them it's like this. If you, if you're perverting the, the he and the he and the she and the she and the he and the she and the she and the he and and even the men and the men, you're getting this stuff all screwed up. <laughs> I mean, you got to get down to the bottom, you know, where the rubber meets the road here. Sexual morality, we know what it is. We know what it looks like. But we're trying to cut this thing up into a thousand pieces like a pie. And, the, and then we start seeing this whole thing. Now we have 21 genders. And, well, now it's fluid. We're going to make even more of them. And we have men who can get pregnant and uh, you know, have children. I'm still waiting to see that one. I mean, they, they keep talking about it, but I haven't seen it happen yet. <laughs> uh, I mean, but we, but th- this is what happens. And so we change when you change absolute truth, then you begin to start changing everything else. You begin to change morality. And so then we become amoral. So nothing is immoral. We just, it's just, we're just amoral. There is no such thing as morality. So there's no truth no morality, or once they get to no morality, then they start making a morality that they create. So you can't speak against this. That's hate crime. You can't speak against that. That's hate this. You can't speak. And it's whatever they create. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so they create this. So that, that's the second portion is this. there's no morality. And then, then it, then it moves into no creator. Cause you know, it's so what I find interesting is they didn't start off with no creator because people would reject that. But if they start off with no absolute truth, no morality, then they can get to no creator. Uh, you know, that you, you, you were just a blob created, you know, they come to the whole idea of uh, the whole evolution thing or whatever, which is their religious theory uh, that they have. And they've had forever in, this, in, in the fields of academia or whatever. And then, then once you get past that, then, then everything just keeps rolling downhill then what there's. You know, then there's just no this, no this, no this. And so so you get this stuff, and then you have the church, in, inside the church. You know, it's been that way in the world forever, but inside the church, then you just have where you got. So now, rather than being, then it moves on down to where you become inclusive rather than exclusive. Now, I believe the gospel is inclusive. Everybody's invited. But the, the, the scriptures are also very exclusive that Christianity and Muslim is not the same. And so you can't have Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So we're creating, so we start creating all these things where you're in order. So you have, in order for you to be a, a loving human being, you have to agree that everybody's equal. So we're all going up the same mountain and we get to the top. Everybody's going to be, we're going to, we have to have the same path. All the gods are equal, whatever. And I, and it just gets, it becomes just a, a, a matter of absolute insanity. I would, the way, and but they—they're doing it right now, and it's mixing it up. And you hear people talking about this, even church people, and you have to stop them and say, "Wait, wait, 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 wait! No, 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 no!" And it's—it's—it's it's, it's kind of incredible when you're trying to preach the gospel, uh, and you have to keep going back and and saying, "No, that's not an act. That's a falsehood. That's a myth. It's unprovable." And the whole thing is—is is the word "critical," critic. You know, they—it's 
the whole thing in academia became critical theory or, or you know, or critical um, crit criticism of everything. And now we have all this critical, they got critical theory and race, critical theory and, 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 and sexuality, critical theory, critical theory. So you have all this critical theory, which is just, you know, jumblees for academias making up stuff, creating, making themselves into their own little gods and, creating all this nonsense that people are buying into. Yeah, I'll tell you what, um, it, it is so, if we want to use the word evil, evil, and uh, right. because it's turning man into, again, their own little god. I mean, this this is, this is sin goes right back to the garden. We talked about that. It goes right back to the garden. It goes right back to the Tower of Babel. It goes back into every dictator around the world that thinks he's above God and he can make his own laws. But, uh, uh, you know, you, you went into, you'd like to see, you'd like to see a, a man have a baby. Well, I, I think they're creating uh, another Frankenstein monster. And uh, when, when they do their own surgeries and everything, one day you're going to see just that, a Frankenstein. And, and that's what it is. Don, you know, right. uh, years ago, uh, we, you know, in the state of Washington, they were trying to even st stop uh, the introduction of, of equality as far as rights without being married yet. And I, I knew that was a slippery slope and it was going all towards same-sex marriage. And on my programs with senators, members of the House, and pastors on my program, uh, you know, you, you try to, they try to avoid calling for what it is. And I, I said, guys, this is called sin. If we don't base it on sin, a higher authority than your opinion, we're going to lose. And they try right. to skirt the issue and just be nice. And it's our opinion on ABCD. They go into facts. And I said, they don't care about your opinion. Uh, what they care is there's got to be a higher authority that, that says this is wrong. But right. uh, on my program, that's what we did. We had great results, but I watched the debates on other debates and on other programs on television, and they skirted the issue. They refused to call it sin. Obviously, we lost that referendum, and now it's same-sex marriage in the state of Washington because they refused right. to go to absolute truth. Don? Exactly. That's, uh, the whole thing is that we... When it comes right down to truth, when you have to define what is truth, that's what Pilate asked Jesus. Jesus had said to Pilate that he came to be a witness of truth. That's what he said to Pilate. And then he said, everyone who listens to me listens to truth. And uh, then Pilate goes, what is truth? He, he didn't want nothing to do with that. He goes, man, I, I, I don't know what truth is, but he thinks so. <laughs> because truth what we have to come down to realize what Jesus said in the end is that truth is an authority. Yes. That's what truth is. And that's why people don't like it because it is an absolute authority. That's why they don't like absolute truth because it's an absolute authority. And that's when Jesus was resurrected from the dead. He finally said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given unto me. Therefore, he gives it, tells us what to do and what our call is until the end of the age. And he'll be with us. And so, and Jesus, he said to him, he said of himself in the upper room, I am the way, the truth, and life, and nobody comes to the Father except through me. So he made it very exclusive. He didn't make he didn't make the gospel inclusive. It's only inclusive if you come through Jesus Christ. That's the only inclusive part. Everybody else is excluded from the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. And 
I'll tell you, Don, uh, we're in a vicious war. This is a fascinating and very important uh, topic we're discussing so much that uh, I want you to join me next week. I want to continue where we're leaving off today. Can you do that? I certainly can. It'll be my pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been watching or listening to the Warning Radio program. We're also taking this program on radio, on to television. We're setting up this radio studio with cameras, just like you'd see if you had watched and listened to uh, Rosh Limbaugh and others, Glenn Beck. But uh, my special guest, again, has been Apostle Don Beasley, Turning Point City Church, Dixon, Illinois. I'll tell you what, absolute truth. There is an absolute truth, and that truth is found in Jesus Christ. Uh, The Word of God never fails. Uh, The Bible says, heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will never pass away. There is absolute truth. You know, next week, Don, I want you to literally name some of these uh, pastors and even get into denominations that are they're, they're, uh, putting in uh, this heresy into their preaching, teaching, and doctrine. Can you do that? I certainly can. Because I believe the Bible says to mark them uh, because we are in a vicious war. Will I find faith when Jesus returns? We have to know our enemy so we don't listen to our enemy and we're not destroyed. Once again, you've been listening to the Warning Radio Program. God richly bless you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen, founder and president of World Ministries International. Warning Radio is a listener-supported program. We need your donations in order to continue airing these Christ-centered prophetic programs. Send your checks or money orders to World Ministries International, Post Office Box 277, Stanwood, Washington, 98292. To donate securely by phone, call 360-629-5248. Visit our website to find other ways of giving and a wealth of information about World Ministries International and host Dr. Jonathan Hansen. The website is worldministries.org. There, you'll also have access to hundreds of previously aired radio programs, made-for-television videos, thousands of articles, Dr. Hansen's books, and travel itinerary. Again, the website is worldministries.org. The phone number is 360-629-5248. Tune in at this same time, Monday through Friday, on this radio station for the next exciting edition of Warning Radio with Dr. Jonathan Hansen. Remember, the Lord is not slow about the promise of His return, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but for everyone to come to the repentance that leads to eternal life.